Hello, everyone. It's been a long, long journey, 10 full days of wonderful tiny disking. And we are here now at the final of the 10 days of Tiny Disc. We're, we're going to talk about our favorite games of the year, pers- our personal favorite games of the year. Uh, I'm Robert, and I'm joined here by Jack and Colin. See, this is how you know when you have a good uh, podcast name. When you can turn it into a verb, that's how you know it's good. Tiny Disc Gang. What's up, everybody? Day 10. Here we go. Yes. Tiny Disking. I mean, can we, can we use it as an adjective? How do you tiny discs, or can be something be called, well... No. I mean, you can call something a tiny. Well, you can call something a tiny disc. I don't know. I I don't know. Look, (laughs) you can tell. (laughs) You can tell. uh, Colin's a little in the eggnog right now. So yeah, he's. I told you, man. I'm in eggnog overload. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I even got some Ghirardelli eggnog chocolates. Good stuff. Sounds gross and amazing at the same time. So what we have in store for you today is kind of wind down episode to kind of wind down the year, right? So what we've done is we've all personally recorded. Our own like favorite like a list of our own favorite games and explaining why they're on that list. So in the next minute or two, you're going to start hearing one of us just talk on our own for like ten minutes apiece. And uh, at the end of all those recordings, we're going to come back as a consortium, as a group of well-minded folks, and you know, talk to each other again as if we've always been in the same room at the whole time. So without further ado, we're going to kick things off with Jack's recording. Bong bong, everybody. My name is Jack Cepeda. These are my personal top 10 games of 2017. Number 10, Metroid Samus Returns. As a huge fan of handheld games, I have to admit, I haven't spent significant time on my 3DS since 2013's Animal Crossing New Leaf and 2015's Box Boy. Sorry, Pokemon. I'm just not that into you. That'll change this year with what I think is the best Metroid game in a decade and a half, Metroid Samus Returns. To take a game like Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, reinvent and reinvigorate the level design, art, music, and atmosphere would be noteworthy alone. But to boldly add all new gameplay elements never seen in a Metroid game before is something everyone should experience for themselves. Creating an almost rhythm game-esque cadence to combat that permeates through every encounter from run-of-the-mill enemies to screen-filling bosses truly elevates the series in an unexpected way. The quality and daring risks of Metroid Samus Returns makes this my favorite 3DS game to come out in years, and one of the biggest surprises of 2017. After years of languishing as the ugly, neglected stepsister of the sacred Nintendo triumvirate, Samus Returns reminds me why I fell in love with the franchise in the first place. Number 9, Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus About 9 of the most incredible story beats of the year happened in Wolf 2. Machine Games has followed up and delivered on the momentum of the first game, and has left my jaw on the floor with the story in The New Colossus. It's been a pretty long time since I've felt this compelled to see a story through to its conclusion, when the moment-to-moment gameplay itself may not be up to the standards of the genre in certain nuanced yet crucial aspects. I just wish that playing Wolf 2 felt as good as watching Wolf 2. With a few tweaks to the gameplay feedback loop, a touch more variety in the level design, enemy encounters, and weaponry, I could easily see Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus in the top 5 on this list. Still a must play for 2017, here's to killing Mecha Hitler in the inevitable sequel. Number 8, Horizon Zero Dawn. 
in any given year, a game of Horizon Zero Dawn's quality would certainly be in the discussion for the number one spot. Guerrilla Games has successfully transitioned away from the Tired Killzone series and released the best PlayStation exclusive game of the year. That being said, 2017 has been one hell of a year, and the hook and pull of the other games on this list prevented me from spending as much time with Horizon as I would have liked. The corneous searing visuals, original soundtrack, narrative, and combat are all standout achievements, and what I look forward to most when I dive headfirst into this game over winter break. Number 7, Cuphead. Listen guys, I've been doing this a long time. I can safely say that Cuphead is a landmark release and the fact that games like this simply do not come out but maybe once a generation. Every frame of animation from every art asset in the game has been meticulously handcrafted. The gameplay is very challenging, but with a few tweaks to the controls, I found the challenge to be incredibly frustrating at its worst, yet highly rewarding at its best. You will die a lot. This year, Cuphead and Mugman are cemented as some of the most memorable characters in the industry, bringing back the classic gameplay of old-school shooters like Contra, Gunstar Heroes, and Sunset Riders. Cuphead stands toe-to-toe with those heavy hitters, paying respect and pushing the genre forward in its own lovable and endearing way. Number 6, Neo. For me, Neo is the epitome of a dark horse. Originally released in February of this year, I dismissed it as just another Team Ninja game. I still think the main character looks just a bit too much like a ripoff of The Witcher 3's Geralt of Rivia. However, after caving into all the buzz surrounding November's PC release, only now do I fully appreciate what this game actually achieves. Neo takes some of the best elements of the Souls series, Ninja Gaiden, The Witcher 3, and more, and repackages them into a game that absolutely transported me to a place I haven't been since Ninja Gaiden Black on the original Xbox, one of my favorite games of all time. If I could play one game on this list right this minute, it would be Neo on PC. Well done, lesson learned. Number 5, Persona 5. Speaking of favorite games of all time, Atlas took all of nine years to release a proper sequel to the legendary Persona 4 way back on the PlayStation 2. With that time, they have crafted a game that will be remembered as one of the greatest JRPGs of this or any generation. Style is often a word used to describe this series. However, Persona 5's substance is really what pulled me in, and over the course of multiple days left me wondering how the hours flew by so fast. The revamped dungeons and the sense of player agency the game design provides, all woven within a complex and mature narrative, left me with an experience wholly unique to the Persona franchise, and one that I do not expect to see replicated for a very, very long time. Number 4, Nier Automata. If Persona 5 has the most style, Nier Automata has the best style. Seemingly coming out of nowhere when announced, this sequel takes the best aspects of the PlayStation 3 original, the art design, music, and perspective shifting, traversal, and battle elements, and cranks it all up to 11. Add in a deep combat system with just enough RPG elements to spice things up, and what you get is a very rich experience that's total value is far greater than the sum of its parts. The crafted world is simply haunting and should be recognized for its uniqueness, not only among other semi-open world games, but among all games that attempt to raise the bar for world building and storytelling. Nier Automata is one of the most unforgettable games of 2017. Number 3, Super Mario Odyssey. Is it fair to expect Nintendo to redefine two of their most universally celebrated and beloved franchises in the span of seven months? 
Also in the midst of a paradigm shift of what we have come to understand as a Nintendo console? No. However, this is precisely what they have achieved, and it should not be understated. Super Mario Odyssey is simply magical in scope, deceptively straightforward in design, and infinitely imaginative in its execution. The most significant entry in the franchise since Mario 64, Super Mario Odyssey is an absolute love letter to Nintendo fans of all ages. If we don't see another Mario game for 5 plus years, I will gladly be spending my free time finding moon after glorious shimmering moon to my heart's content on the Switch. Number 2, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. If you had told me a game that combines SOCOM, US Navy SEALs, PlayStation 2's MAG, and The Hunger Games would absolutely dominate the PC gaming space in early 2017, I might have stopped being your friend. It took a small indie game modder and a previously unheard of studio to unseat Dota 2 and League of Legends as PC's biggest games, and those games are both free to play. The full impact that PUBG has had on gamers and the industry will have reverberations well into the new year and may not be fully realized and appreciated for several years or even decades to come. The fact remains that PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds has the magic sauce on the level that cannot be replicated in corporate boardrooms. There is a soul to the gameplay that captures some of the most carnal impulses of humanity. PUBG is my most played game of the year and a game I anticipate will have the longest tail going into 2018 and beyond. Before I reveal this year's Game of the Year, some honorable mentions. Dead Cells, Hollow Knight, What Remains of Edith Finch, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and Golf Story. Those are all great games. Didn't make the top 10, but I seriously recommend them. You cannot go wrong with any of those. And just what a year for games overall. And my personal number one game of 2017, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. After only mere minutes into Breath of the Wild, I knew Nintendo had something special. In a franchise that has rightfully been chastised for playing it safe one too many times, the latest Zelda entry takes cues and inspiration from some of the best games of the last 10 years and is all the better for it. Coupled with a refreshed art style and a wanton propensity to throw traditional gameplay mechanics to the wind, Breath of the Wild sits comfortably and not only the pinnacle of the series, but the pinnacle of the medium in a year that will go down as one of the best in video game history. An absolute modern classic, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild not only challenges perceptions of what a Zelda game can actually be, it allows players to experiment and craft their own emergent gameplay experiences and stories. No game is perfect, but this one is close, and comes with my highest recommendation and personal award for the greatest game released in a year full of incredible games. See you in 2018. Hey everyone, Robert here. I'm just going to spend the next like 10 minutes talking your ear off about some of my favorite games that came out in 2017. So number 5 on my list of games for 2017 is Tekken 7 by Bandai Namco. That game is hella fun. I've never said I was super good at fighting games, but there's something super satisfying about trying to understand how Tekken plays and how it works. Because it's so different from other fighters that every button has, you know, well, a limb mapped to it. So it's kind of trying to understand the rhythm of fighting. It's like when you 
punch with your left hand would a character like the one you're playing follow up with a right hook or a second left jab. It's simple little things like that that make Tekken such an interesting fighter to try and understand because then it's not about setting up someone so that way you can launch that really cool special attack on them and deplete their HP. It's really just about the rhythm, the second to second moment, when a punch lands, what do you do, when they whiff a punch, then what do you do. It's just a good fighter that plays so differently from others, and every match is full of exhilarating close call moments, whether you want it to or not. And Tekken 7 introduces the slow motion mechanic that we talked about earlier in the 10 days, that, like, I'm serious. I didn't think slow motion would change the way I feel about a game so much, but when you're in a room full of your friends and you're all just, you know, passing the control around and just taking chances at each other, like, that slow motion really, really pumps up the energy in the room. My number four pick for this year is probably something that's going to be super out of right left field that you guys may not really have heard of, but it's this little rhythm game on the Switch called Vos by Rayarch Inc. It's this charming little rhythm game that has a beautiful, satisfying aesthetic to it that's just, when you're hitting a note, it just looks really great to, you know, see that long note being held for so long or having to tap the right rhythm to play a, like a drum beat or something. The genres vary from like electronic, trance music, classic piano music, rock and roll. There's even a little bit of rap in there and R&B. It's really satisfying to kind of hear these uh, tracks come through and you're like kind of playing them. And it's not like Rockman where if you miss a note, the song kind of stops playing. It still plays. So it's really just, you know, it's all about having fun. You can't fail a track. It's just you tapping along to the rhythm, tapping along to the melody, and it's a great time overall. Vose just scratches that itch I've been having for a good rhythm game that I can take on the go, and I really think it's something I'll keep playing for the foreseeable future, even after, like, Metroid Prime 4 comes out, honestly. My third game is Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice by Ninja Theory. Hellblade is a success story on so many levels. Ninja Theory couldn't find a publisher, so fuck it. They published it themselves. An indie studio published a game themselves. And was wildly successful. That's probably the more important part of the story, right? The game has high-fidelity AAA graphics at half the price of any of the other AAA games you could find on the shelves. And Senua's Sacrifice has just found this success as a game that is simple but has a very powerful message about something that most games don't even try to talk about. Within months of release, the game's already begun profiting from this risky venture it took, both in finances as well as in reputation. You know, like, I am looking forward to whatever Ninja Theory says they're going to publish next. They could publish a game about a ninja that likes to poop, and your goal is to poop on people. I'd play it. Fuck. I would absolutely buy that game, because it's probably going to be good. Few games decide to tackle heavy subjects like mental health, especially games that look this well-developed, but Hellblade just jumps straight into the deep end, and they put you in the shoes of a character that has psychosis. You'll hear voices in your head as you fight your way through the Nordic afterlife, and are the enemies even real? I don't know. Do you know? No, you don't. And that's kind of the beauty of this game, is it really makes you kind of understand that mental health is a serious issue, and it's not something you can just brush under the rug, or it's not something you can pretend doesn't exist in this world. And not many games really show that that well. Senua's Sacrifice is a chilling, haunting experience unlike any other, 
and it really deserves respect for what it stands for in the gaming industry as a symbol of taking risks even when no one else gives you the chance. My number two game of the year is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild by Nintendo. I think this game stands as something more important than just a good Zelda game, because don't get me wrong, it is a fantastic Zelda game. But what Breath of the Wild did was made the Switch successful. Had they, had Nintendo released the Switch without a killer app like Breath of the Wild, it would be dead in the water. It probably would not be having as many sales as it does now. But Breath of the Wild was the thing to get. There were people buying Switches just for that game, like me. And it was like a great surprise, because for one, Breath of the Wild's a good game, and two, the Switch is a great console. But let's talk about the game itself and why it's so, so good. What Nintendo has perfected in Breath of the Wild is this this childlike feeling of wanting to explore just any and everything. Does that move? I want to see what it's like up close. Is that a mountain in the distance? Can I just run there and see what's up on top? Yes, I can. It's something that most open world games are kind of touted for, but I think Zelda nails it on the head because it's a game that never tells you no. You know, you can attach balloons to a raft and then ride that raft in the sky as you propel it forward with a giant leaf. Yeah, you can do that. The game was built to reward curious minds at every turn. Many predicted that this game back in March would win a lot of awards at the end of the year, including the tiny, by the way. And yeah, it's we're proving them right, you know? Like this game is a fantastic game that has paved the way for a new console and a new generation of what open world games could be like. And now we're down to my number one. It's a game I think no one was expecting me to like. Persona 5 by Atlas. Holy crap. Man, I cannot explain to you how much I love this game this year. Somehow I found 100 of my life hours to set aside for this amazing game, and I don't regret any single second of it. Since I played Persona 4 like a decade ago, this is all I've been waiting for. I mean, it's a turn-based RPG, sure, like what's so great about it? I mean, a lot. <laughs> like, the style of it, for one, something that we never shut the fuck up about. It's an amazing thing to just stare at. Every frame is a treat to view. Nearly every element of the UI is somehow animated and is somehow interesting to look at and just kind of enjoy while you're sitting there staring at a paused menu or something. And the presentation of a combat menu when you're in turn-based battle kind of makes you forget that it's turn-based battle because it feels it looks so slick and it plays so smoothly once you get into the rhythm of it i don't know man it's just something about that bold black and red color scheme that just smacks you in the face really hard and is like hey you're gonna love this game you know and then as it as it throws up that acid jazz anthem by shoji maguro wake up get up get out there you know it's just it all comes together to build this incredible package with an intense story that I think may be my favorite story in any game of the year. Every twist heightens the stakes. All the little moments spent bonding with your friends perfectly complements that craziness of the final few dungeons that get very, you know, scary and crazy. And, you know, it's just, it's something that's so over the top, yet it's so grounded by those little interactions you're having with all your teammates and friends. Now, I know, I know it's a lot to ask, to play a game for a hundred hours to see what the story is like. 
but I cannot recommend this story enough. It's a tale that keeps things interesting up until the end, and each new dungeon builds upon the previous with these fantastic, almost macabre visuals sometimes. It, I don't know, it's a story that's just so close to my heart, and it means a lot because of just these really likable characters that have these great moments in the story, and it's, it's truly like playing an anime. And it's been months since I've beaten Persona, but I miss the Phantom Thieves, you know? They're like an old group of friends, you know? Whenever I pop the soundtrack on, I'm thinking like, you know, man, I miss hanging out in the dungeons with Ryuji and Yusuke and An and Mona. Persona 5's a great game that keeps on giving 50 hours in, 80 hours in, and unlike most games this year, it didn't need a big open world, it didn't need hundreds of side quests, it didn't need grinding for loot and crafting and microtransactions, loot boxes, it didn't need any of that. It just needed 100 hours of your time, which, I don't know, it's hard to weigh the two, right? But... It's a great game, 100%. Absolutely an essential RPG to play. If you own a PS4 and you like turn-based RPGs, Persona 5 is a must, 100%. What's going on, everybody? It's Colin from the Tiny Disc Podcast. 2017 has been a fucking fantastic year for video games, so much so that I think that it might be the greatest year in video games possibly ever. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to tell you my top five games of 2017. It may take me the next three years to play all the games that came out in just this year, but damn it, I'm going to rank the games that I played this year anyway. So, without further ado, here goes nothing. Enjoy. Number five. So as you may or may not know, I'm not the biggest sports video game guy. I'm not the guy that goes out and buys your Maddens or your NBA 2Ks or your your FIFAs every year, whatever other sports games there are out there. However, I do have a history of being engaged in a lot of arcade sports games. Now, every once in a while, that arcade sports game that just has a particular charm to it comes along and just takes me by storm and I pour hours into it. Um, before it was Rocket League, before that it was uh, NBA Street V3 on the GameCube, I think, where you get to play as Mario, Luigi, and uh, Peach in 3v3 basketball. But now, in 2017, for me, that new game is Everybody's Golf by Clap Hands Limited, a subsidiary of Sony's uh, studio. And man, is this game charming as hell. Never have I enjoyed playing golf so much. Even though the concept is fairly simple, it just it'll, it gives you a level of customization uh, with your character and lets you pick out what kind of clubs you want to use, what kind of balls you want to use. And of course, I dressed my character in the chumpiest of chumpy outfits I possibly could because you got to look ridiculous while you play golf because that's the irony, right? But anyway, just having the massive amount of variance in the courses, allowing you to download even more courses if you if you so must. Um, just the gameplay loop itself is just so addicting. Three button presses and you're swinging away at the ball. Um, it gives you so many visual aids to help you get that next putt in the hole. You know, you 
constantly striving to get that birdie, that eagle, that even that ever so sought after hole in one. You know, it's not the most complicated game, but what it does, it does so perfectly. And I would even go as far as arguing that it's the best golf game out on the PS4 right now. If you're interested in a little bit of golf action, a little bit of arcadey golf action, everybody's golf is 100% your game. And that's why everybody's golf is number five on my list. Number four. Through years of gaming, we've had several games come out that have had various amounts and various levels of survival elements in them. Games that had things like keeping track of how thirsty you were, you know, having to eat every once in a while, using food to recover health, having to sleep. But it wasn't until the last probably five years or so that we've had a renaissance of pure survival games, uh, especially on places like Steam. Indie devs coming out with these games that are very stripped back, where it's basically you against the elements, you against your own biology, you having to make sure you're hydrated, make sure you're fed, make sure you're warm, make sure you're well well rested. And though we've had several of these games, one in particular has stood out to me, and that is The Long Dark by Hinterlands Inc. This game, let me tell you, this game is a hardcore survival game. Dropping you into the middle of an Arctic wilderness on a random island off the coast of northern Canada, it's just you, the snow, the wind, and your instinct to survive. And you better use it well, because not only do you have to survive against the elements, you have to survive against outside forces. I mean, things like wolves and even moose can attack you, and you don't exactly always have a way to fight back. I mean, you may have to scare them off with a torch, you may have to throw a rock at them, because you don't just get a gun. The game doesn't just throw a gun at you uh, randomly in the, the survival mode. If you're lucky to find enough, you know, find a gun, it's not even guaranteed you'll find ammo for it. So... Using your resources and knowing when to run, when to hide, and when to fight is a very important thing to do in the game. But survival isn't the only mode in this game. That's what makes it so unique and great. So on top of the regular survival mode where you are just surviving the elements and surviving the wilderness for as long as you possibly can, there actually is a story mode that gives you backstory to the character that you're playing. And the story mode is being constantly updated too with new episodes. And beyond that, you even have a challenge mode where you can pick out different challenges that you want to take on, like surviving in a wilderness with a uh, zombie bear, uh, among other things. But you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, and this is just a hardcore survival game that I was looking for, and it definitely scratches that itch that I was looking for. And that's why The Long Dark is number four on my list. Number three. Guys, we are in a Nintendo renaissance right now. Nintendo comes out with the Nintendo Switch this year, back in March, and with it, not only do we get a new Zelda game, but a brand new Mario game. Can you guess what my number three pick is yet? Super Mario Odyssey, motherfuckers. Super Mario Odyssey. Wow, what an amazing game. What a way to blow out the end of the year uh, with the end of the Switch's launch year. Of course, there was Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but a Mario game that and a Zelda game in, in one year is huge. Mario Odyssey is such an amazing game and not only what it how it plays but what it symbolizes for Nintendo it to me like I said in one of the previous episodes of uh, the 10 days of tiny disc Mario Odyssey symbolizes gaming coming full circle it's like a tribute to how far we've come 
in video games design wise and i think that's what partially makes the game so great it's like a celebration of what makes gaming so great the everything from tight controls to creative game design to just the amount of love that goes into this game and man i just i cannot say enough about how great super mario odyssey is and it even of course hits on the nostalgia factor which i won't spoil for some people um but yes super mario odyssey definitely deserves to be in the number three spot on my top five list go play it number two so my pick for the number two spot is probably not going to be a surprise to just about anyone. If you've been following the podcast for a while, I've talked about this game so many times, and I'm, I've kind of been looking for reasons to talk more and more about this game. This game came out all the way back in January, so it barely makes the nomination, but makes it nonetheless. That game is Yakuza 0, developed by Sega. Wow, what an amazing journey of a game. Masayoshi Yokoyama has written one of the greatest video game stories I have played in recent memory. It's it's up there with some of my favorite narrative-driven games, uh, Walking Dead, Gone Home, The Last of Us. Even though the game throws so many characters at you other than the one that you're playing, it does a great job of conveying their perspective, their point of view on the story. So even that character that you don't necessarily think is a good guy has a reason, has a motive as to why they're doing what they're doing. Every character has feelings, and you can tell that even though the game is in Japanese, the actors are doing such a great job at conveying the character's emotions, and you can see it in the animation, and you can hear it in their voice, and couple that with a world that's packed with stuff for you to do and stuff for you to play, and tons of guys to beat up, and you got a fantastic game. I cannot recommend Yakuza 0 enough. And that's why it makes number two on my top five list. Number one. So here we are, guys, the number one spot. And was it ever really any question what the number one game was going to be on my list? I mean, come on. It's Zelda, guys. Let's be real. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild took the world by storm when it was released uh, the same day as launch day as the Nintendo Switch back in March. And let me tell you guys, it might be my new favorite game of all time. May, some people would argue that it's not the best game ever created, but damn it, it's my favorite, and I have poured hours upon hours upon hours into that game, and I can spend easily plenty more still finishing up all those collectibles, and I was genuinely upset when the game ended. Even though the game didn't have the greatest story in the world, or the best designed dungeons ever. The game, in my mind, is still a masterpiece because the level of exploration, it was just, like Robert said, childlike exploration. You could you could go anywhere you wanted and you always had that sense of adventure. You could create your own memories within this world that Nintendo has created for us and the ability to climb on literally anything and glide anywhere and, and just discovering new things and the whole sense of community around the idea of, hey, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. It was happening all the time. And not only that, but we got this amazing Zelda game on brand new Nintendo hardware. A, a piece of hardware that is not only a console, but the new your new portable system as well. So that is why The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is my number one game of 2017 and possibly my favorite game of all time. All right, everybody. Thank you.
And welcome back to the other side. All three of us are now here. We're back. And you've just heard our favorite games of our own, our own personal lists of favorite games. Man, it's been such a year where I think, like, it's kind of crazy that none of our lists are really all that similar, right? I mean, like, some of the same games are kind of there, but they're all in different places. Or some games that aren't there all together on some people's lists. Like, I think it speaks a lot to this year that so many different games can impact us in so many different ways. Don't you guys think? Right. Yeah. And you can also see like our list as well kind of translate into the overall tiny disc podcast top five, right? Games of the year. So you can kind of see some overlap there with, I mean, Zelda scored incredibly high, the highest of all three of us. So, you know, that shows why it deserves to be, you know, the number one game of the, of the show. So yeah, game absolutely. of show for sure. Um, I was actually surprised to see that Mario wasn't on your list, Robert. Yeah. Same. Oh wow! Are, are we gonna firing squad me for this? No, 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 no. This is your personal list. This is your thing. Like, yeah, you know, no, it should be celebrated. I was, yeah, I was, I was surprised to see that it wasn't on your top five. I was surprised to see that Vos got on there. Like when you talk about, you know, tie five, tie five, tie five, tie tie five, tie five. It's the new tie fighter <laughs> coming in episode nine. <laughs> top five games of the year i wonder you know, what that just, acronym stands for i just didn't realize you liked that game that much you oh know? i love that game I, I think there's just something wow. about it right where i just kind of i keep coming back to it when i don't necessarily want to you know like there are times where i stopped playing mario for a little bit just to be like kind of want to play vos again and scratch that itch it's just something that keeps coming back to me and like it's a yeah it's yeah. A good palate cleanser right it's good just like switch up gears like i just need to cleanse I need to, you know, reset. I, I kind of get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the allure of music games, right? I'm still the guy that goes back to old school five five button guitar hero mm. when I get that itch. You know, that's why I still have my five different versions of guitar hero for my 360 right. and all the plastic instruments. And so since we're questioning uh, Mario's place in our list here, that's kind of brings me to my next question. Colin was that. Yakuza Zero, huh? Out edged out Mario Three. Was that close for you? Did you have any conflict about that? I'm feeling so, a lot of firing squad like <laughs> sentiments right now. Like, why wasn't it a little higher, huh? I'm just, oh, I'm just curious. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe no, people no. listening or the one. It's, wondering it's too. a justifiable question, and I actually asked myself because I did actually originally have Mario at the, the number two spot, and I moved it. And oh. the reason being is because. I like I absolutely like adore everything about Mario, but Mario is already something that was uh, already established for me. You know, you know what I mean. I have a lot of nostalgia tied to, to Mario, and it's something like, oh yeah, you know, with like a Mario game, I know I'm getting quality. So I kind of wanted my 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 thought process was like I wanted a, a new kid on the block. To I mean, I, I guess Yakuza isn't necessarily new, but <laughs> someone you know. Yeah, someone to stake their claim, and I and I know Yakuza Zero Zero really made a crazy good impression on me, and because you know you guys know that I couldn't shut up about it, and Robin knows I couldn't sure. shut up about it before I even bought the damn game. So yeah, yeah I mean now Yakuza Zero, man, it, the story is just impeccable. That's cool, and then also I know everybody's golf was just kind of like a late edition, right? You just recently got that game, it, and yeah, it really was, and it, I, I it took me a while to figure out what was going to be that number five spot because I looked up at or back at all the games I'd played this year and you know sprinkled uh, I, my uh, newer games that I'd played were really sprinkled in within like all the older games that I, I tend to play um but everybody's golf was that game where like I know 
right now if i went and played it i wouldn't be able to put it down through an entire like 18 hole course <laughs> like yeah. i i can't peel myself off that game it's a game that i know i'll be able to keep coming back to it's it's yeah. my new my new rocket league right and not that i wow. won't go back to rocket league because i fucking love rocket league but it, that's the level of enjoyment that i get out of everybody's golf well sure. hey i know we want to kind of keep this a little short here but you know do you guys have any questions about my list anything yeah i'm actually yeah. Oh, you go ahead, Colin. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I'm curious about Persona 5's place in your list because yeah. to me, I feel like it just seems a little high because I know you love Neo so much. I know you had a lot of praise for Wolfenstein 2, Metroid even. I, I feel like there wasn't like just as, as far as I've known you, I didn't feel like there was a lot of like praise as much for what Persona 5's done yet. It's no, at the top I, five. I have. Yeah, I have a ton of respect for that game. And believe it or not, uh, uh, Persona 5 actually moved down my list. And Mario, like there was some movement from like my first draft, right, to like what I ended up and decided on. But Persona Five actually moved down from probably number three and uh, switched places with Mario Odyssey. Actually, I thought that Mario Odyssey really is like you know uh, just a like a landmark achievement. You know, and the fact that they, as I said, you know, did that in such a short period of time, like Nintendo, like releasing these two huge games. I just wanted to give it its due. But Persona Five, I, I. Yeah, I love that game. I get asked about it all the time in the house. Like, hey, when are you going to play that again? I want to watch more. And I want to <laughs> get into it, you know. But uh, it's definitely one of the ones I'm going to hit up, you know, over winter break uh, for sure. But uh, also another mover on my list from its original position was both uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Wolfenstein 2. Wolfenstein 2 started higher, started slipping down. And uh, and Horizon Zero Dawn was just kind of like shuffling. It, was never, it never broke the top five, but it was always like either at number – I was thinking of it number 10 and then, you know, who – you know. I kind of arrived at where it is now, which is number eight. So yeah. it was, it was an awesome year. It was a good problem to have. You have all these great games. You can't decide, you know, which one's the best. It's, it's so good. It's so good to be a yeah. gamer right now. It really it, is. And I don't really know what's going to happen next year. There's just a ridiculous amount of games that came out this year. And as I said, in my part, like, yeah, I'm going to be spending the next forever trying to catch up on all the games this year. And I'm sorry to the listeners out there that are like, oh, well, what about this game and that game? And what is that is- what you think our listeners sound like? They're geriatric. <laughs> they're geriatric. <laughs> they're motherfuckers. So the, la- the last thing you're going to do of the year is make fun of them. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, I- I'm sure I sound like that every once in a while, too, right? So. geriatric <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> guys it's guys this is it it's a you know this is the end of the year the first what six months seven months of the show so yeah it's you know here's the here's the what what comes ahead man the big things are gonna happen i know it's, i know big things are gonna happen to the show like we're gonna uh we've been talking about expanding to twitch we've been talking about you know making certain moves promotional wise and stuff so we're not going anywhere you know we're gonna keep one strong and and uh you know, we're just really happy and lucky that we have you guys with us, too. And I'm glad that we started on this year, year our Lord, 2017 of all years. You know, like this is probably one of the greatest times to be alive as a gamer, I think. It's yeah, it just a constant hit of just so many good things coming out. It's It feels like we're kind of finally catching up to what the movie industry has done. You know what I mean? In terms of just like consumable culture, consumable, you know, entertainment and such. So yeah. I'm looking forward to 2018, which already seems like it's having a strong roster at the get-go. You know, like mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Fighter Z in January, the Shadow Colossus re 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 remake in I mean July in January. And think about this too, like when you look at our list, like so many of the games, the best games came out in the first half of the year. 
you know so who's to say that couldn't happen again next year you know it's it's no it used to be this period where january through june there wasn't anything coming out it was like a dead period until the holidays but it's not like that anymore great awesome triple a and indie games come out year round and it's so cool so look out man maybe the best game of the year might come out in january we just don't know dragon ball fighters there yep. it is. Dragon Ball Spoiler Fighters. alert. Monster <laughs> Hunter alert for next year's 10 Days of Tiny Disc. Yeah, Monster Hunter World, man. Let's not forget. It's going to be a huge game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the beta was really good. Yeah. Um, But 2018, man, I have a feeling it's going to be the year of Tiny Disc. We're going to be pushing Whoa. harder than ever. <laughs> We're going to be pushing more platforms. We're going to get twitch streaming we might even get some reaction videos we i don't know who knows we we could explode we're gonna we're going to explode who, what <laughs> am i yeah, who let, am i kidding let's start let's start under promising and over delivering first though <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's true so i guess wait for next year's 10 days of tiny days and we're like 2019 is gonna be the year of tiny disc guys yeah top 10 things we said that didn't actually happen <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's fair but hey you know the way i see it is you aim for the sky you'll at least get pretty damn high so I think that's I like what that. drugs that's are That's a for. good way to go out, baby. Yeah. All right. So from all of us here, from all of our families, we wish you all a happy, wonderful, fantastic, juicy new year that... <laughs> don't give me that head shake, Jack. <laughs> we... I just don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> I don't either. But yes, happy holidays. It's a festive time of the year. It's the end of the year. It's a time to look back over you know, the past 365 days, which is what we've done in the past 10 days, which I hope you enjoyed this journey with us of us reminiscing and remembering and awarding all these wonderful games to kind of remind you that Maybe there might be loot boxes around every corner, but not everything's shitty. There's some good things. So that's been us at the Tiny Disc, my friends. Do you guys have anything you want to say to close out this um, year? Just, just you know, be safe out there. New Year's Eve, uh, you know, college football's going on. Just a lot of parties, a lot of uh, weird happenings and stuff. So just be safe. Uh, be good to each other. Treat each other well, you know, and look out for each other like you do in the pit, right? Exactly, exactly. Drink responsibly. Drive safely. You know, think positive, test negative. Whoa. Uh, what's another one? <laughs> hey, it's important. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, and don't let that gym membership expire after January. There you go. Oh, hey. I already canceled my gym. <laughs> 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 All right. That's, I think let's wrap it up. It's been a great year starting out this wonderful podcast. And we hope you stick around for 2018 and we'll see you guys probably next Thursday, most likely. Uh, and until then. Enjoy your parties, enjoy the drinks, enjoy the festivities, enjoy the juiciness. We'll see you all 2018. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.